Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a show packed full of information pertaining to oil and gas. So you definitely want to stay tuned for the show today. But first, I want to talk about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. I'm pretty proud of the cover, and I'm pretty proud of the issue. And mostly because it's our annual Women's Issue Edition, in which we dedicate an entire Shell issue to covering all the dynamic women in and outside of the energy sector. Our cover, Kathy Lane, is the president of Suncoast Resources. And I know you guys know who she is because you've probably seen her trucks out on the freeway. It's those really nice trucks that have a beautiful blue emblem on them that say Suncoast Resources. She's an inspiring and dynamic woman pertaining to how much she gives back to the community, how wonderful her company is running, and she's definitely a powerhouse and somebody that uh, really makes me proud as a woman. But I do encourage you to go to shellmag.com, look at the issue for free, but you definitely want to take a look at it because there were a lot of women that we were able to access and get their stories out there. Kathy is the cover. However, there are many, many women that we also profiled in Shell Magazine. So once again, go to shellmag.com and click on the latest issue of Shell Magazine. It's free. But now we do have to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, happy to be here. It's another beautiful day in Texas. Isn't it? The weather's been amazing. Well, there's much to talk about. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about something new that you've implemented at uh, Shell Mag. You're you're blogging more regularly now, and um, you're actually, uh, you've named your new little blog The Spirit. Splainer. The shale splainer. Yeah, I'm splaining stuff. Splaining <laughs> a new issue two or three times a week. Yeah. There you go. I like the uh, new uh, little naming of the splainer. But I do, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying your blogs. And, um, you know, we are def- definitely looking for more writers who want to join into the blog series as well, just to uh, give us different perspectives from different uh, areas. Uh, but I did want to talk a little bit about today and some of your blogging splainers. You've talked a lot about Permian Basin. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to stay focused on Permian Basin today because there's a lot of discussion out there. You know, last week. There we were, really is. Right. Okay. So last week when President Trump pulled us out of the Iran deal, you and I were trying to put out messages that you 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 just do not believe and support that oil will go over $100 a barrel and yet right. there were so many media companies picking that up and it was great for headlines but you know we kind of stayed with you stayed with no you know I don't think that's really going to happen being 30 years in the energy industry this week we have a lot of discussion going on about Permian Basin one of them is there's a lot of uh, drillers that are looking beyond the Permian Basin and looking into other shell plays explain to me what's going on with that yeah, well, so and and this has something somewhat to do with you know all the stories about 
you know, trouble getting pipeline capacity, getting your oil and gas out of the Permian Basin because we have uh, kind of a shortage right now of pipeline capacity. Um, and so companies that are producers in multiple basins, like, you know, several of these big companies produce in both the Permian and the Eagle Ford area or in the Bakken Shell or in the DJ Basin or up in Oklahoma, you know, I think what, what is about to happen and what we're already seeing happen is some of these companies that are in multiple play areas are going to be shifting uh, parts of their, their capital expenditures on drilling out of the Permian right now until this pipeline constraint is resolved, and which will happen over the next year, and into these other play areas. So I think what, what is about to happen, and we're already seeing a little bit, is more capital more dollars coming into the Eagle Ford shell, to the scoop stack region in Oklahoma, up to the Bakken in North Dakota, because, you know, there are no pipeline constraints there. And, and so companies that have that opportunity, uh, who have acreage in multiple basins, are probably going to be reallocating resources to some extent. And then the other factor, of course, is just that, you know, we have a $70 oil price now instead of 50 and 40 like we had the previous three years. And so there's a lot more at $70, a lot more of these potential drilling locations in these other basins are economic to drill uh, at that price. And so, you know, companies are going to, you know, they have obligations to, to drill wells in order to hold leases, if nothing else. So I think you're going to see an uptick in the rig counts in these other basins over the second half of the year and more capital dollars being focused in those other play areas uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, all other things being equal, that money would probably flow into the Permian Basin. But uh, so, it's you know, it's it's good news for, for the Eagle Ford, the Bakken, and the Scoop Stack, basically. Well, you know, interesting in your uh, one of your splainers, uh, shell splainers, uh, this past week, you also discussed uh, why the Permian Basin is more attractive than other shell plays. So this is coming in, in one week. You you had a shell splainer that talked about Permian Basin being more attractive than other shell plays. And in another shell splainer, you talked about how, how drillers are looking beyond Texas. So explain to me what is the attractiveness uh, to a lot of the shell players in the Permian Basin as well? Sure. And it's a seeming contradiction, but it really isn't because I – you know, the, the fact of the matter is that over the last two years, there's been this massive boom in the Permian Basin that simply has not taken place in these other play areas. And what I'm trying to do there is just kind of explain why that happened. And and there's several reasons for it. You know, uh, the big one, the biggest one, of course, is that you have, whereas in the Eagle Ford and the Bakken, you have a single gigantic rock formation that contains all this oil. In the Permian Basin, you have a dozen of those big gigantic formations that contain a lot of oil. And in a lot of parts of that basin, uh, multiple numbers of those formations are stacked one on top of another. Well, what that means is that, that a, a company that owns that leasehold is able to drill down through, you know, five, six, seven different formations that all are, you know, rocks that, that are bearing oil and they're able to complete in several different formations uh, within a single well bore. So that allows them to get more production out of a single well. That increase, increases the profitability of the single well. It creates all these efficiencies uh, in terms of costs, you know, uh, lower costs uh, per well to drill. And so it's just more profitable to drill there. Um, 
then, you know, another big reason is just the simple fact that 80% of the Permian Basin is in the state of Texas. And Texans like the oil and gas industry by and large. And, you know, and so we don't see the kind of negative activism that goes on in states like Colorado and and New Mexico and up in the Northeast in Texas. And, you know, the state government also benefits tremendously from the oil and gas industry in our economy. And so we have a a business-friendly uh, regulatory environment in this state that just is conducive to being able to get your business done. So, you know, the Permian has a lot of other factors going forward, but those are the two main drivers of why we've seen this boom in the Permian Basin, but we haven't seen it in these other basins to this point. Well, and, and, and another area also is that when you look at the acreage per acre they're paying in the Permian Basin, which is prime oil country, oh, it's boy. what, $3,300, $33,000 Thousand, an yeah. acre, and you can pick up acreage much less in these other areas. I would imagine that the smaller, maybe more independents are looking more towards, and also some of the large publicly traded, but... It just kind of levels the playing field now that they can also go over there with the $70 oil prices and, and still uh, make some money. I right. want to I want to change gears a little bit, talk about uh, LNG in Midland as well. We've had a lot of coverage on uh, that area or that topic pertaining to uh, the price and uh, what's going on out there. Talk to us. Talk to me a little bit about what is going on in Midland. Yeah, there was a, a really interesting article in the Wall Street Journal this past week about the fact that. Again, going to the Permian Basin and these pipeline constraints that are out there, it's not just related to oil, it's also related to natural gas. Most people don't realize that the Permian Basin is the second largest natural gas producing region of the country, behind only the Marcellus Shale. And so there's an awful lot of natural gas being produced out there. And and just like with oil, we don't have enough pipeline capacity to get it all to market. So that has dramatically reduced the price for natural gas coming out of the Permian region. And that's, uh, you know, uh, this article in, in the journal talked about the fact, well, that's going to be a boon to LNG exports uh, because you're going to be able to put all this dirt cheap natural gas onto that international market. And, you know, the US, United States is already able to, to ship LNG and provide it to Europe and other countries at much lower prices than LNG coming from places like Qatar and Australia uh, has to charge. And so... This is just going to give, you know, the chenilles of the world a, you know, a, a, a bigger competitive advantage on the global market. Now, the, the caveat to that is, again, that's all going to go away a year from now. A year from now, we're not going to have a shortage of pipeline capacity for natural gas coming out of the Permian Basin. So this will all equalize over the next 12 months. But right now, it is a really valid point that that article made that uh, LNG exporters you know, it's a real buyer's market for them right now, and I'm sure they're going to take full advantage of it. Well, you know, it's always uh, so um, interesting to me to see how much work really goes into uh, oil and gas exploration. You know, and it, and it always seems like if it's not one thing, it's another. Gas prices, <laughs> trying to get it to market, it's coming offline, EPA regulations. Um the Jones Act, I mean, it goes on and on and on, the endangered species. I mean, it's a lot 
this is a very complicated industry, despite what a lot of people think. And uh, this is why our show exists, right? We break it down one topic at a time for all of us to try to understand. But David, that's all the time we have. I look forward to having you back next week when we're going to talk again about the shell splainers and uh, and more. Uh, Until then, have a great weekend. Thanks. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, David Dickard will join us in studio, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas with Agreco. And we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. The U.S. oil and gas industry is seeing positive signs throughout the market, including downstream. Gasoline prices are up across the United States, averaging $2.74 in Texas and $2.93 per gallon across the country. This increase is due to both increased crude prices and increased refining margins. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today this is the continuation of the series that we're bringing to you from In the Oil Patch and Agreco joining to try to bring more information on the oil and gas sector. Our guest today is David Deckard, who is the head of sales for oil and gas for Agreco of North America. David, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we really are very excited because what our show is built off of is information and education and not just to the oil and gas folks because they do tend to talk to each other a lot. We want to talk to the average person as well and get them informed to how great the oil and gas industry is or at least if you don't believe that, at least you're informed enough to make a decision if you really can appreciate what's happening here in North America with us, with our March for energy independence. So begin by, in case we didn't have somebody listening to last week, uh, our show, tell us a little bit about yourself and Agreco. Yeah, so I support um, um, our sales development for, for oil and gas, and that's mostly upstream and, and midstream for the Americas. So South America, North America, Central America, um, and uh, here in the oil and gas space, we primarily, for land base, we primarily provide power for artificial lift systems for producers. And for offshore, we're primarily doing the same, but we're also supporting maintenance and, and um, uh, rig construction and rig operation uh, as well. Agreco, uh, Agreco, we operate in, in, uh, in lots of sectors and lots of things, and, but, but, but I focus and, and my team focuses on strictly oil and gas. Well, and I, you know, I want to say Agreco is like this global powerhouse, if you will. <laughs> it provides a lot of power and it's global. Last week, we were talking about the differences between temporary power in the industry uh, then versus now, like in 2012. Um, but today, we're going to be covering something a little bit different. Tell me what we're covering today. So we're going to talk about uh, the new frac sand mines that are popping up out um, in the Permian Basin west of, uh, of Odessa. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be sharing with you a little bit about how we're supporting that industry and and we're helping to uh, get that sand from the ground out to the field so it can go to work. You know, in order to bring uh, our oil and gas to the market, if you will. 
and to our refineries, there's two things critical. One of them is, of course, power, which we talked about that in the last segment, and Greco has that box checked off. But also, without sand, there is no shale plays going on, and so this is an extremely important topic as well. Um, one that without sand, nothing goes. And so um, what are you guys doing specifically at Greco to bring these new, you talked about new facilities, and boy, there are, they're, they're, they are kind of popping up all over. Right. Um, what are you guys doing to bring these facilities online? Right. So these f facilities are, are fairly remote. If you've ever drove out to, to see one of them, it, it's fairly flat ground headed out that way. And I remember when I was driving out, I, I could see the plants, but I looked down at the GPS and I was still 30 miles away. So it's fairly flat and fairly remote. So we are acting as their utility and we are their utility for the entire operation. Um, eventually utility will arrive there and some some plants are, are will have utility in the next three months. Others will be a year and a half out, um, but the the industry desperately needs this local sand because it uh, it reduces the, the cost of drilling by, from what I've heard, around 5% or more overall. So um, they want to get the mines built, get it under production, and don't want to wait uh, on permanent utility. So enter Agreco and, you know, we've been working with these guys for over a year designing the system uh, to work in conjunction uh, with their system and uh, to seamlessly operate like a utility would, so. Perfect, well, you know, as I said, you, you do see sand mines popping up all over. I know that um, you guys, a lot of the work right now you guys are doing is specifically in Permian Basin, which mm -hmm. is where the big shell play is. Uh, but we also see uh, other sand companies and other uh, companies bringing in uh, sand mines in South Texas mm -hmm. as well. And there seems to be the same type of uh, echo, if you will, saying how uh, hard it is for them to get um, power, and yet they need it in order to provide the sand. And so I think some of the sand before, back like in 2012 right. when this began, was coming from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So think about that. Like, is that really energy efficient? And then you're putting more trucks on the road that are burning more diesel, and there's probably accidents that are happening uh, you know, 18-wheeler wrecks. This is a, a good method to be bringing the sand mines closer to where the rigs are, and you guys are able to help uh, help this process along a lot quicker. Um, so when we get back from break, I want to specifically talk about the utility companies and you guys and how you've been able to manage bringing these systems online a lot faster. But David, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. 
Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong serving independence and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. And we're back. Our guest today is David Deckard. This episode, we're really focusing on sand mines and how they are playing a big uh, benefit and value to uh, the rigs and, of course, shell plays. Uh, but I want to get into uh, the actual value of the sand mine companies and the production uh, that you guys are doing for temporary power for these facilities and then, of course, until the permanent utilities, like you said before, break arrive. Talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. Really, it's it comes down to supply and demand. Um, so the frac sand companies uh, want to get these mines into production so they can support the local industry, and the local industry can reap the rewards of local sand and lower cost and better efficiencies. Right. Right. So, um, you know, in the Permian today, we're um, operating at a capacity of over 80 megawatts deployed for the frac sand sites. Um, and we've got a number of, of, of folks that we're working with out there. The average site forest there is about 20 megawatts. Um, you mentioned South Texas and some other areas. We're also working with frac sand mines there. It's just not as large of the capacity, right? right, right. Um, but um, there's a lot of engineering and design that goes into these systems. Um, so it's not, you know, earlier in, in the first episode, we were talking about deploying power for artificial lift, and, you know, those systems are fairly quickly, and, and to design those is a matter of days or weeks, and, and you kind of repeat that process over and over. This type of system, um, high voltage, multi-megawatt systems, is going to operate for long periods of time. Um, Sounds a lot more complicated. It's 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 there's a lot of safety parameters uh, yeah. that that move into this type of design and and one of the things that you really have to watch out for is the type of grounding system that you utilize at the frac sand mines. 
um, I mean, you're in sand, right? It's, it's not your normal soil. So there's a specifically engineered grounding system that, that we install that's uh, adaptable to those conditions. And, you know, to design that and put that into play and to design the system, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it takes a little bit of time uh, to put that into play. Tell me, if Agreco was not there meeting that demand for power, how long would it take an oil and gas company or how long would it take, not an oil and gas company, a, a, a sand company, how long would it take them to get their sand mine up? Well, some sites are three months away from utility power. Others are, are 12, 16 months away from utility power. And the industry waits. It's not yeah. that the frack sand mines wait. It, the industry has to wait for, for that to, to come online. And, you know, these systems are designed to operate on varying fuels. So as we design the system, you have to design it to scale based on changing conditions because on most of these sites, before we're able to bring them online, um, pipeline gas isn't available because they're having to pipe that in just like they're having to bring in utility. Mm -hmm. It's a little easier uh, to, to bring in some, some piping and, and, and run uh, natural gas to the site. So we'll run off of CNG or we'll operate off of LNG. Uh, in some uh, cases, we may pipe over some field gas if it's close enough to operate the system. So um, the system has to be first and foremost safe, and it has to be highly reliable, and it has to be scalable to operating varying conditions because um, it is working as a utility. If it stops, the entire mine stops. Right. So it, it has to be able to, to operating in varying conditions very reliably. And obviously, uh, earlier you discussed that the grounding ha is very important as well. Uh, I want to get back and, and discuss a little bit more of the safety aspect of the grounding of, of a grid certification, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, when we return from break. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Wolf Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, my good friends over there at Oilfield Experts has been buying and selling sand for years. Go ahead and give Clint a call at 210-471-1923. Again, that number is 210-471-1923. You might not know that you actually have money sitting on the ground. So if you have sand, go ahead and give our friends at Oilfield Experts a call at 210-471-1923. And don't forget, if you're in the business to buy sand, go ahead and give Clint a call. He gives very competitive prices. Once again, that number is 210-471-1923. 210-471-1923. And tell him that Kim sent you. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. back 
back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard, who is the head of oil and gas for Agreco. And David, before the break, we were having a discussion on safety, which is crucial. Obviously, that is uh, the safety moments always occur. Safety, safety, safety is is uh, what everyone thinks pertaining to oil and gas. Uh, and reliability and safety standards uh, on a large-scale system, you know, they've just got to be there. And so we were talking about sand and um, this ground grid certificate. Talk to me about that process a little bit. So um, because our generation is, is uh, being placed uh, on-site close, close to the mine and uh, um, the, the sand that it's sitting on is highly conductive and... So just a typical grounding rod or a typical grounding type situation uh, doesn't, doesn't work as well as, say, a 15-foot grounding rod that ties to a full integrated grounding mat that the generators and the substation and uh, uh, the cable trays actually are all tied to. So um, you have to pay special attention, number one, with this type of high-capacity system uh, for your grounding. But within this specific installation on the sand, uh, you really have to make sure that you have very well-placed and solid grounds for the system. Well, I think that when you're talking about something that it could be um, a health hazard or, or a hazard, um, one would think that a company needs to go above and beyond for safety reasons, and it sounds like that's what's happening here. Talk to me a little bit about, is LNG and CNG playing a part as well in these sand mines? And uh, tell me a little bit about what's happening there. It definitely is. Um, as I was mentioning before, they're having to bring the utility grid, uh, utility lines into the frac sand mines. They're having to do the same thing with the pipeline gas. So it's taking a bit of time. But the mine is ready to come into operation and, and be put online. So in lieu of waiting on natural gas to arrive, um, we're bringing in CNG, we're bringing in LNG, and operating a mobile fuel solution. And in some cases, we use the same CNG and LNG uh, to operate the dryers on the, the frac sand mine so it can operate because there's a lot of natural gas users uh, on this mine site. And so CNG and LNG plays a really big part. The mobile solution of that plays a really big part. And, you know, back in, I keep referring back in these episodes of 2012, 2013, 2014, that, that wasn't available back then. So it's, it's uh, a new technology uh, that's available today and it's being well utilized. It does seem like, and we talked about in the last episode, that um, natural gas and, of course, these other products, CNG and LNG, are just better resources to be utilized. Uh, a, a lot of people have obviously heard of um, solar and wind, and, of course, you hear natural gas, and you see your city buses being reconfigured to move away from diesel and move into uh, these better, uh, cleaner burning fuels. And so you guys are also taking clear advantage of bringing these out into, rather it's a sand mine, rather it's these multi-frac well sites. Um, you guys are also taking clear advantage of that technology and using it and incorporating it because it's just a better process. It's probably uh, financially uh, a lot better too to utilize, but also it's probably just better for the environment. 
Um, and so that being said, I'd like to just kind of change topics and talk a little bit about how many sand mines actually are in Permian Basin. Is it just one big frack sand mine or is it several that are occurring out there and they've uh, or is it one large one that's feeding off of a whole bunch of oil and gas companies? No, there's a there's a there's a number of um, individual companies uh, that operate either a single or multiple frac sand mines. We are operating on six individual sand mines. There's around 18 either in existence today or or being constructed in the near future. So. Today we're operating on around six of them, and it looks like uh, in the near future there could be 18. Interesting. How much at that point when they all come online are we importing sand from other places like Wisconsin? Is this Wisconsin sand that's coming into the sand mines, or is it, our, is it another? It's, it's local sand that they're mining right there. So um, this is local sand. Uh, being ready to, to go into production right in the Permian, right where it's being mined at. Well, you know, David, there's a lot of discussion on sand, and I know as uh, we've seen this evolving of oil and gas, um, it, it seems as though there was an importance on a certain type of sand. A lot uh, There was a lot coming out of Wisconsin and this really white, you know, nice sand, and as the years have progressed, it kind of seems like the industry has maybe walked away from that a little bit, and now they're investing in sand mines here locally. And I have to say that one of the things that's appealing to me is, you know, it's jobs. It means that there's going to be more jobs here in Texas. They're bringing the sand mines here as opposed to importing it from somewhere else outside of Texas. And so uh, we look forward to more sand mines coming on board. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Wolf Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association, who is the unified voice for the energy industry service, supply, and manufacturing organizations, advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth. 
and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, we were talking about uh, utilities and, of course, the sand mines. There's a lot of work going on, especially in the Permian Basin. And I guess I'm curious to, to know, uh, we're all familiar with utilities, but is there ever, is there a time when sometimes utilities don't necessarily make the best sense for me, economical sense, or uh, or just sense to an operator. Are there times that staying off the grid might be more energy efficient for them? Or talk to me a little bit about: Is it always the utilities are going to be the most practical way to go for an operator? I think it comes down to the term of which you feel like you need the power, and um, there are long-term contracts that, that uh, businesses have to sign with the utilities. There's a lot of um, capital costs that you have to put in to build out overhead distribution. So, you know, if, um, if this is a, a long-term investment or a long-term power need uh, and uh, the business can see far into the future, then it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's going to be your most economical for sure. Um, and um, if it's long term, you would go with a utility and you would, you would build out the infrastructure. Um, a lot of clients that we work with uh, don't know what the future is going to bring in a particular area. So that's where uh, temporary power systems uh, come into play. And a temporary power system could be a five-year uh, generation system. And what happens is, is you alleviate all the capital costs. You don't have to worry about signing long-term contracts with the utility. And these systems are engineered to be reliable, as reliable as mm -hmm. utility. And in some cases, uh, they're more reliable than utility because you're not susceptible to uh, weather-related outages. You're right. not susceptible to um, you know, accidents on the road that can take out power poles or, or what because you're located on site. Right. Another way that... Um, we support the industry is having the flexibility to use um, all types of fuel sources for our power applications. Um, typically, everybody likes to use diesel, and the reason they like to use diesel is because it's fast, it's easy, um, it's readily available, it's proven technology, all those good things, and um, normally, um, whenever a producer needs uh, power for their artificial lift, nine times out of ten, it's not something that they were foreseeing that they needed. So sometimes it comes up in a bit of an emergency type situation. 
So uh, the ease of using a diesel generator and diesel is just the way things operate and it gets it kind of off of their plate and, and they move on to, to, to focusing on the, the production of oil. What we've tried to do um, and to support the industry with getting more efficient and more environmental is developing systems that we can utilize alternative fuels because that's where the impact to the environment is a positive, more positive, and that's where the efficiency is more of a positive. So we focus on using the field gas, the gas that's coming out of the, the ground with the oil and the water. We have engineered and designed systems that can use that gas to capture straight it. as a stream. We capture it, no treating whatsoever. We take it just as it is coming out of the ground and we utilize it. Um, the other thing that um, we're seeing from an alternative fuel standpoint is the use of CNG and LNG and being able to adapt systems and engineer systems that can utilize CNG and LNG. And the, the, the challenge with all three of these is the ability to um, uh, use this fuel exactly like diesel fuel, where it's, it's uh, easily, it's readily acceptable, um, uh, and it just kind of flows so it's not very cumbersome to utilize that fuel. It's taken a number of years to get us that point. So our business is focused on designing solutions to make it easy to utilize alternative fuel. So that's that's. Well, David, though, it's interesting because you're looking at it from how to use it to benefit the operator, but I also want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the environment as well. And you guys are also making a difference in that area as well. When you're out at the rig sites, um, there's certain fuels that have to be taken into consideration because there can be hazards if they're highly flammable. Tell me a little bit about what you think, uh, how you guys are working with these alternative fuels to benefit the environment. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, um, uh, the systems are engineered to safely operate these types of fuels. Um, and uh, uh, just as you know, diesel, uh, natural gas in the CNG form or LNG form or field gas, uh, whether it's coming straight out of the ground, uh, these are all safe fuel alternatives and their safety is built within the, the products to make sure that uh, uh, that you don't have any issues. You know, um, there's a lot of environmental impact that you don't readily think about with uh, using diesel fuel. Number one, you have to transport it. So you have trucks on the road, uh, you're increasing traffic on the highway. Uh, the other thing that you have to think about with diesel fuel is we have to control to make sure we don't spill it. Right? Sure. So if you have a release with CNG or field gas, the, 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 it just goes into the environment. There is no cleanup, uh, and these systems have safety uh, built around it, so you don't have to worry about any type of relief being a safety impact. So from an environmental standpoint, whenever we can utilize these alternative fuels, especially field gas that's readily available right there at the pad, you, you have a big impact to the environment. No spills. Uh, you get trucks off the road, uh, and uh, it's even it's more cost effective. So. Interesting. How about outside of Texas? How much activity is going on outside of Texas? Is there a lot of activity? There's a little bit. Um, we're seeing some activity up in Colorado, and we're seeing a bit in Wisconsin, um, but clearly not as much as we're seeing in Texas. That's where everybody's 
headed to. That's where all the production is going on right now. So everybody's focus is in Texas. So we're seeing a lot out in the West Texas, um, in the in the Eagleford Shale. But uh, there's some activity for us up north that we're supporting with. Well, you do, we do see, obviously, Permian Basin is right now the most active with the most rigs currently running. Uh, but there is activity, I guess, going on elsewhere. David, that is all the time we have on our discussion with Frack Sand Mines. But I would like to thank you for being a guest today. Until next week, thanks for coming in. Thank you. And that's all the time we have. But be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show. Or follow us on Twitter at Shell Mag. If you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. That is going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.